There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. An Erio's original. I was born with a special gift the ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith. And I am The Alarmist. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today we're discussing the 10 plagues of Egypt. Here's what you need to know. Known as one of the most important prophets in Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, Moses is a biblical figure of epic proportions, from parting the Red Sea to receiving the Ten Commandments. According to the book of Exodus, Moses was born to a Hebrew family during a time when the Egyptian pharaoh ordered all newborn Hebrew boys to be killed. His mother placed him in a basket where he drifted in the Nile River until he was found and adopted by the Egyptian royal family. As the story goes, God appeared to Moses in the form of a burning bush, commanding him to lead the Israelites out of bondage and into the promised land. 
Moses and his brother Aaron traveled back to Egypt and told the Pharaoh their God commanded the liberation of the Israelites. To prove the existence of their God, Moses performed a miracle, turning a staff into a snake. Still, the Pharaoh refused to let the people go. The land was soon struck by the first plague. Moses used his staff to turn the Nile water into blood. The fish died. The rivers, ponds, streams, and reservoirs turned red, and people suffered for seven days without water. The pharaoh refused to give in. Next, the plague of frogs overtook Egypt. Hundreds of frogs covered the land, infesting homes, courtyards, and fields. When the frogs died, God turned all the dust throughout the land into lice. He sent swarms of flies until every house was covered with them. Despite the pleas from his officials, the pharaoh's heart remained hardened. A terrible pestilence devastated the livestock next. Cattle, horses, donkeys, camels, oxen, and sheep died in mass, causing thousands to starve and suffer. The sixth plague to fall on Egypt was the plague of boils. Festering, oozing sores broke out on the skin of men and women. The boils covered the arms, legs, and even feet of those plagued by the disease. Next, terrible thunder and hail pelted down from the heavens as Egyptians ran for shelter. The Pharaoh promised to free the Israelites if Moses caused the storm to stop, but he later went back on his promise. A great wind brought locusts soon after, covering the face of the earth and infesting the fields, eating the few resources left in the territory. Locusts swarmed the skies in such numbers that the sun was obscured. And this brought on the ninth plague, when complete darkness fell over the land of Egypt for three days. When the Pharaoh still refused to give in, Moses warned him that at midnight, God would pass over the land of Egypt, killing the firstborns of non-Israelites, much like the Pharaoh had ordered the killing of Hebrew baby boys when Moses was born. That night, every firstborn died including the Pharaoh's son. Grief-stricken by the loss and devastation, the Pharaoh finally relented. For many centuries, religious believers, biblical scholars, archaeologists, scientists, and Egyptologists have debated the facts and fictions behind the ten plagues of Egypt. It is undeniable that our Earth has a history of natural disasters, plagues, and epidemics. Could there be physical and scientific evidence that the ten plagues actually happened? Or is it simply folklore, a legendary tale written to warn people of God's wrath? Fun Facts, a.k.a. Death Stats In the Christian and Jewish traditions, the Bible and the Torah describe ten plagues of Egypt. They are blood, frogs, lice, fleas, diseased livestock, boils, hail, locusts, darkness, and the death of firstborns. In the Islamic account, the Quran briefly mentions five plagues, floods, locusts, lice, toads, and water turning into blood. The Jewish holiday, Passover, commemorates the biblical story of an exodus, when God freed the Israelites from slavery in Egypt. With us today, we have producer Clayton Early. Hello. 
fact checker Chris Smith. Hi. And our very special guest today is friend, actor, comedian. You guys know her. We know her. Rachel Bloom. Hi, Rachel. And biblical scholar. And biblical. Mm, <laughs> That's right. Thank God Obviously. you're here. <laughs> Let's um, talk about it. I want everyone to uh, go right now to uh, Rachel's um, Instagram, perhaps, or wherever they can find this. But everyone has to check out her new special. It's called Death Let Me Do My Special. And I, I mean, it's it's so fun. It's, it's so, so good, right up the alarmies alley. It's not <laughs> even funny. <laughs> That's a huge compliment. Thank you. You know, the the domain name rachelbloom.com is available. Rachel, oh, really? shit. Really? I just, because I was like, I wonder if Rachel oh, has a website. No. So buy I'm it before an alarmy now. Does, and then they I'm charge you extra now. for it. And oh, I should we buy can talk oh, I about should, after. I should buy that. My website is racheldoesstuff.com, but I should buy rachelbloom.com because someone's going to, mm-hmm. I don't know, make it's that only- a foot fetish thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I'm flattering. Or they'll make it a foot dissing site. I shouldn't. Yeah, exactly. Who, who am I to assume that someone would make a website for my feet being so sexy? <laughs> Anything could happen. They, um, they're nice. I've, I can't say I can pull them up, up from memory, but I'm just going to be polite and say I think they're really nice. My wiki feet rating is not bad. <laughs> and I check it. Good. You should. Well, we're already learning so much. Right. <laughs> and uh, uh, Rachel, <laughs> we, yeah. we, we start off the show by asking our guests, what is something that's recently alarming you? What's something that's keeping you up at night? Um, it's relevant to this uh, anti-Semitism. Mm. Mm. I hate that. <laughs> yeah. It's not really a fun topic. <laughs> no, but must, must be discussed. Yeah, and I think that it's this topic particularly is 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 interesting because of course it's the most important um uh set of days holiday in 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 Judaism for Jewish culture for the Jewish religion but but unlike other Jewish stories of persecution it is very unlikely that this happened. And I'm loath to point out anything with Jewish persecution that didn't happen mm. um, because most things did happen if you're talking about Jewish persecution. It's just there's no, from what I was reading, there's no archaeological evidence that this mass exodus, like Egypt would have basically have had to have lost like a quarter of its population. Yeah. And there's, I don't think there's evidence for that. But again, I just like want to be clear that any other instance of Jewish oppression definitely happened. did happen. <laughs> One hundred. This is not, this is yes. not an entry into Holocaust denial. Yes. Like, uh, no. So it's an interesting, but it's an interesting thing to discuss. Yes, and funny that you. Yes, I have been reading that it's po- probable that the 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 Exodus didn't mm-hmm. happen, but the plagues, it's possible, did happen. Right. 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 So the but, book, the the whole book of Exodus, like every, all the stuff that happens in there. I'm just saying, like the 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 mass exodus. Oh, I got, I get people. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, the Jewish yeah. people from Egypt. Exactly. Oh, but you know what? No, okay. Well, you're okay. probably going to get into this the theory of what the plagues are. Yeah. So yeah, should, should we should we jump right in? Oh, let's get into it. Let's I love get it. there I love because to. there's just a lot to discuss. Um, 
first, let's put up volcanic eruption because oh. it's possible. Okay. Now, this is from Time Magazine. This mm-hmm. theory argues that the plagues were really the fallout of a volcanic eruption on the island of Santorini in the south of Greece around 1620 to 1600 BC. Microbiologist Ciro Trevisanato. Nice try. (laughs) (laughs) Author of The Plagues of Egypt, Archaeology, History, and Science, Look at the Bible, argues that ancient Egyptian medical texts support this idea. Winds would have carried the volcanic ash to Egypt at some point over the summer, and the toxic acids in the volcanic ash would have included the mineral, mineral cinnabar, which could have been capable of turning a river blood uh, a blood like red color the accumulated acidity in the water would have caused frogs to leap out and search for clean mm. water insects would have burrowed eggs in the bodies of dead animals and human survivors which generated larvae and then adult insects then the volcanic ash in the atmosphere would have affected the weather with acid rain landing on, landing on people's skin which in turn causes boils. Whoa. The grass would have been contaminated, poison, uh, poisoning the animals that ate it. The humidity from the rain and the subsequent hail would have created optimal conditions for locusts to thrive. Volcanic eruptions could also explain the several days of darkness, which means nine plagues are accounted for. Hmm. Travis Sanato also found an ancient Egyptian account of the children of aristocrats lying dead in public and archaeological data matching the account. He believes that amid all this destruction, firstborn children could have been sacrificed out of desperation in the hopes that such a meaningful sacrifice would lead their gods to stop punishing them. This already sounds so much more believable to me. (laughs) I mean... That's what kind of person I am, I guess. But I'm like, the episode's done. You read that, I'm like, right, that's what happened. Can you imagine, I mean, the idea of sacrificing a child. I mean, I guess if it's really bad. But like nothing, when you have a kid, nothing is worse than the idea of your child dying. It's, it's, It's the worst thing that you can possibly think of. So the idea of... Like the thing that would be the biggest mm-hmm. fear if this were happening to me would be my child di- dying. Mm-hmm. Right. So the idea of uh, I sacrificing I a child. Can't oh my god! I, I will like say a- that I think that we now have a different um, relationship to death than perhaps they did hmm. back then. Right. That was, I, I-, I was going to say, is there like a, a Rachel? Can you think of like a set of circumstances that would be so extreme? like modern times that you feel like maybe if I sacrifice my child, that would stop this crazy. No, no, I, no, no, I encourage you not to um, think of that. Rachel. No, 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 like just no. But like these people lived during such a crazy time, I guess that that seemed like yeah, an and you don't option. Know what the fu- and you don't know what the fuck is happening. Right. Mm-hmm. But again, and I guess you had like 12,000 kids and like, people were dying all kid. the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like, and, I only and have you- one, but like, Oh man, mm. I'm not saying do. I, I'm not saying. We're not saying you good. need to do it right now, Rachel. Like before the end of the podcast, we're just or like saying, decide you would. Right. Like we don't have to go there. But I think Rebecca has a point to where it's like death. Our idea of death was different. I think. Mm. Well, I think we're just not. 
um, in, we don't encounter death as frequently as, as frequently. perhaps and they did. Sort of immediately. Yeah. It happened sense. all the time. Wow, Rachel, your show is like so, <laughs> there's so many, um, so much overlap in this discussion. I really encourage everyone to go see it. Thank you. I'm also sorry. I'm really, I'm, I'm doing some supplementary scientific reading as we're talking about this about uh, You're just doing a DNA. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. About like what caused shit. I remember hearing something about like another theory of the firstborn. Mm. Uh huh. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Yes. So there's another theory that there's an algae bloom that turned the the river red, and that it released mycotoxins, which is poison, and grain contaminated. This could have been deadly and gotcha. could explain the uh, death of the firstborn because the firstborns. Would have been the first to pick the grain. Oh, oh interesting. Picking of the grain. Mm. That's interesting you bring it up because I, I was going to mm. put red algae up on the board. Oh, okay. And maybe How, this, where is yeah? Is that separate from the volcano? This is separate. Yes. Mm. This is from Time Magazine again. Okay. This theory, put forth by scientists like epidemiologist John S. Marr, argues that red algae could have sucked oxygen out of Egypt's waterways, killed the fish, and turned the water red. Just as in the volcano theory, frogs then leapt out uh, looking for food and died. Without frogs to eat the insects, the pests proliferated and feasted on corpses, a feeding frenzy for flies and locusts. The paper argued that uh, the lice could have been a type of insect called... Kilicoides, okay. which can carry two diseases that could explain the livestock death, uh-huh. uh, African horse sickness, and blue tongue. The boils on humans could have been caused by glanders, an airborne bacterial disease spread by flies or tainted meat. In this theory, the darkness is coincidental because uh, caused by a sandstorm. The darkness would have left the crops, uh, well, whatever crops were left uh, after the the other problems, Mm -hmm. moldy and the molds could have produced airborne toxins Mm. that might explain widespread childhood death. Mm. Mm. To me, the any theory that starts with uh, the water being somehow kind of tainted or affected makes a lot of sense, right? Mm. Especially around this time where the river, which is the, what's the river? Uh. The Nile. The, oh, the Nile. Nile. The, big, yeah. the big one. The <laughs> Nile. <laughs> if you remember one river in your life. Yeah. The Mississippi. The, <laughs> the, the big river, whatever it's called, there's no way to really know. But the big river having been affected by some kind of toxin makes like, and that, and everything trickling down from there right. makes a t- ton of sense. This is but, like something that I find fascinating throughout history that, um, so there's a lot of evidence that the White House, the water supply that fed the White House, have you heard this? I, no. I feel like you've talked about this on the podcast. No. The water supply to the White House uh, up until the, I don't know, early 1900s was basically, I want to say it was somehow tainted with uh, sewage, mm. which oh, causes gosh. cholera. Mm. And there's this theory that the tainted White House water is responsible for the death of numerous presidents, but that it was attributed to other things like William Henry Harrison, who died, you know, within a month of holding office, everyone's like, oh, he's a fucking idiot. He didn't wear a raincoat on his inauguration and he got pneumonia. It's like, no, he actually maybe died because of tainted White House water. Whoa. Yeah. Like getting like. Our shit together with water. Mm-hmm. So important. We mostly haven't until no. recently. <laughs> I, I right. would say we still haven't. 
they're well, still passing laws to remove these what are the recent like forever chemicals that are in our water that cause like you know carcinogens. It's like we're still analyzing that, right? And I, I mean, you there there's so much like that has to happen before we can have better drinking water. It just in the United, we're not even talking about yeah, like how the about entire Flint, world. Michigan still have yeah, been, exactly. Yeah. You have to like do so much. It, it's a like a reconst- reconstruction of cities essentially. Well, yeah, and they the say like, problem. didn't we have a specialist on here one time who yeah. talked about the pipes and talked about uh, the um, the steel? Uh, what's it called? The uh, pipes. Yeah, yes. come on, what Chris. We talked about it during Flint. Yeah, the Flint water crisis. But basically, that like eighty percent of the country still uses these like shitty pipes yeah. that that oh my have God. contaminated water. And, and I'm pretty sure Los over. Angeles is one of the the <laughs> the main places. Um. And we haven't even, I mean, yes. I'm just making up these stats. I'm not like, it's not like I'm the fact checker or anything. <laughs> no, there's no way we you could possibly you find out. There's no way to know. <laughs> um, but do we say, uh, geez, the problem, water? The problem of water. Yeah. Or the pro- uh, how about our dependency on water? Like just, mm, we can't we often not forget, be dependent yeah. on water. I mean, that's <laughs> <We need> hard. <laughs> Maybe yeah, I don't really know, it's I don't a, know who to blame for that. Maybe their lack of technology or innovation around yeah, water safety and those sixteen hundred BC like just trying to yeah no uh, it's like uh, how, let's pools. pin this down. I mean, this is our job here. We need to figure out where we can put no this water blame. system, no water system. But no. didn't they didn't they figure out water Irrigation? in ancient Rome? How did they figure that out? I feel like water was pretty good in Rome around that time. I love that statement. Didn't they figure out water they figured in ancient it out. Rome? <laughs> they figured it out, but what happened was they forgot. They figured they it out, but they forgot. Yeah, they didn't tell anyone. Yeah, like, I don't know. Could someone have sent a horse mm-hmm. to Rome Yeah, with like a question written on it, like, right. water? Right. And then someone could have sent a scroll back being like, yeah, here's what you do. Yeah, it's pretty simple. You get simple. a charcoal filter. Yeah. Uh-huh. You put it in the Nile. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Just fill the Nile with a bunch of charcoal, right? right? Of charcoal. Uh, we should have lived back then. We would have figured it out. That's what's wrong. I think. We're what should of, we put up for water then? What do we actually want to put up on the board? I think a lack of. Uh, I, I said a lack of water system. Uh, no, no. <laughs> That's definitely not right, but well, it's just like I'm, what I'm trying to get at is like everything depends on it, right? Like everything, like crops, yes, you know, bathing, yes, uh, drinking, Living. not not Living. a big enough appreciation, like not enough respect mm. for the taking it for granted, <sighs> taking the water for granted. I'm and, just talking about in terms of the plagues, like right? mm. there's this causation, this cause and effect thing that happens, and it all kind of starts from the water, so protecting or having maybe diverse water maybe having a diverse uh okay diversity of water water diversity <laughs> water diversity like if you gotta get it from the well and place. the river but like if you're the, getting water you know. from more than one place and one of your places gets blood red you can be like whoa whoa, whoa guys let's go to the other river <laughs> right because other this river is fucked it sounds like you what you who you really want to blame is desert because mm. <laughs> the nile if you're in a desert, yep. I think I mean it's it like why your options. maybe you just shouldn't have settled in the desert. <laughs> sure, yeah. a lesson we we keep learning. Like right? maybe don't maybe just don't go there. <laughs> just find okay. somewhere that's better that maybe, has gonna, more water sources. I'm gonna put maybe don't settle in the desert. Yeah, maybe that's good. That's good. <laughs> 
and water diversity. Okay, I like that. All um, right. I also want to put up God, right? Yes, we should discuss because look, there's there's an alternate world in which the Bible's correct, mm. and this happened. Are Let's there, discuss. Yes, ju- just God. Or are there other gods and other religions that should also be put on? Uh, or is it just- do you know the Ten Commandments? <laughs> I, barely. Uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a religious person, so I'm- are there other, other gods? gods? I think that's number one. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're false gods. Like, should we yeah. put? Yeah, should we put um, let's just put gods? the God, the right? God. Okay. I mean, I guess we can put like who's the Egyptian death god? Maybe God. Ooh, good um, question. You know how like uh, when you put together a TV show, sometimes you package it. Uh huh. Maybe this was a package between God and Anubis. Mm. <laughs> like they worked. They worked. This is a God and Anubis production. <laughs> I like the collab. <laughs> um, I'm um, looking up while while Chris is looking Egyptian up gods. Egyptian, yeah, because Rachel makes a good point. Yeah, like maybe we should blame the Egyptian god for not stepping in. Well, for in, first, in, and and negotiating better with Moses's God. Okay, no. You're, let, let's, let's discuss the the the. Let's the, talk about the God. The okay. the God that at least <laughs> is covered in the Bible. Gotcha. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, this is from Time Magazine. Ask someone who's celebrating Passover, and they're likely to say that the question of whether scientists can prove the plagues really happened in ancient history is irrelevant to the holiday. To me, it doesn't matter. Whether scientists are able to find a historical basis for something that happens uh, around 3,500 years ago, the central message is that God brought the plagues on Egypt in order to free the Israelite slaves, says Jerusalem-based Rabbi Yonatan Narrell. God was teaching the ancient Egyptians a lesson about justice, he says, uh, and when they refused to do the right thing and free the Israelites, they suffered the consequences. So hmm. this is the mm-hmm. this is why God did the plague or yeah. ordered the plague. Okay. I mean Old Testament God is he's not nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's different. Wrathful. He's very angry. Mm-hmm. Um I I feel like isn't it Pharaoh who just repeatedly agreed or disagreed to release yes. the, the yeah. Israel? I mean, yeah. it's really Pharaoh speaking for his people. Mm-hmm. So I would blame, this is on Pharaoh. The we Pharaoh. should put Pharaoh up on the board. Like, after sure. pl- like it takes killing his son to be like, never mind. Plague right. one. Plague one. What's the first one? Is it boils? The uh, first the, one is... The river, or the, the blood. River blood red. river, right? Uh, okay. Yeah. The second the river turns to blood, I'm <laughs> yeah. like, you know what? You guys, yeah. you guys can go. <laughs> it the makes fact you wonder... That, like, why is yeah. he waiting this out? Well, that's Nine a good more of them too. Like it's not like, and they're all pretty intense, right? It's not like these are like minor inconveniences. They're terrible. Yeah, like and the I, stubbornness from that guy is like profound. Just like a man, he won't ask for directions. <laughs> mm-hmm. He won't go. release slaves when you turn his water to blood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put the pharaoh up on the board. This Mm -hmm. is from National Geographic. As the book of Exodus opens, a new king has risen over Egypt, uh, one concerned that the descendants of Jacob were becoming too numerous. He forcefully conscripted them as slave labor and ordered them to build supply cities, Pithom and Ramses, for Pharaoh. To punish Pharaoh, God sent a series of plagues to bend Pharaoh's will. 
The identity of Pharaoh in the Moses story has been much debated, but many scholars are inclined to accept that Exodus was King Ramses II. Uh, that's what's in mind. I mean, we can get specific here. We can put Ramses II up on the board. All right. So it is name. so weird because it's a it's about to be Passover, and mm-hmm. we have a book that someone gave us called Hoppy Passover, and it's a bunch of bunnies, Jewish bunnies celebrating Passover, mm-hmm. and it's very cute. And, and my daughter's almost three, and and I'm reading it to her, and some parts are like we eat the matzah, and we, and then there's parts that's like, well, oh, this is from when we were slaves in Egypt, and then God did bad <laughs> things to the Egyptians. And I'm like, I'm not going to say that to my daughter. I, I, know. I, I would love to know how is, you go, what you go with instead. Do you just, I say, this is from when things were bad <laughs> in Egypt. That's, I, I, I like make it more yeah. gl- global. Yeah. And then it's just like, we, we dip the parsley in the salt water to commemorate the tear. They all sound, mm. All religious rituals mm-hmm. sound like OCD rituals. Mm-hmm. And as someone who has dealt with OCD, like, I, it's weird to engage in things that that when you say them out loud, sound like someone being like, and I have to check the water heater four times at exactly 12.03 p.m. Otherwise, my family will die. That's OCD, but also that's religion. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Wow. Anyway, I mean, Passover, it's a beautiful holiday. Great songs. <laughs> it's a beautiful holiday. It is. And the thing is, it, it does commemorate. It, everyone always wants to kill the Jews. And it and I and we should all know that. Yes. <laughs> and remember that. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. I uh, that is a I love that holiday specifically <laughs> for that reason. I do, because it's like we should be. It's a re- yearly reminder. Mm-hmm. It's like we should just always be reminding ourselves that, you know, of the bad things that have happened so that we can learn from them. Mm-hmm. I am mm-hmm. not one to believe that we should for- forget. Like, th- that's why, like, revisionist history to me is so mm. dangerous, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, the um, fight's never over. The oppressed are always oppressed, right? They're continually trying to, like, fight the people who that is their inclination. So it's like you need the annual reminder and the, this kind of like historical or religious element is a very, I don't know, a good way to kind of like build the tradition around it, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the Pharaoh's going up. Ramses the second is going up. Mm -hmm. And this is, I'll, I'll just read this little excerpt from world history encyclopedia. Ramses II was the third pharaoh of the 19th dynasty, 1292 through 1186 BC, who claimed to have won a decisive victory over the Hittites at the Battle of Kadesh and used this event to enhance his reputation as a great warrior. At some point prior to the year 1275, he began construction of his great city. It would be his capital, a pleasure palace, and a military compound from which he would launch campaigns into neighboring re- regions. A pleasure palace. It's mm. a good name for a sex shop. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. I'm sure there's a bunch of I know them. it must exist somewhere. <laughs> uh, maybe we want to put just slavery writ large up on the yes. board. Sure. Um, 
this is a well we were briefly discussing um professor and biblical scholar carol myers said there isn't evidence outside the bible in historic documents and the archaeological record for a mass migration from egypt involving hundreds of thousands of people but it may be plausible that there was a much smaller exodus an exodus of people originally from the land of canaan who were returning to it Mm. at the end of the late bronze age circa 1200 BC, uh, around when the Bible's uh, chronology places a story of departure from Egypt, Mm -hmm. there likely were a lot of people from the land of Canaan, from regions of the eastern Mediterranean in Egypt. Sometimes they were taken there as slaves. The local kings of the city-states in Canaan would offer slaves slaves as tribute to the pharaohs. Mm. And they're... it's possible that that happened. And there also probably were people from Canaan who went to Egypt during periods of extended drought and famine. So Canaanites went to Egypt for a variety of reasons. They were generally assimilated after a generation or two, they became Egyptians. But there are one or two Egyptian documents that record the flight of a handful of people who had been brought to Egypt for one reason or another and who didn't want to stay there. There is no direct evidence that such people were connected with the Exodus narrative in the Bible, but in our Western historical imagination, as we try to recreate the past, it is certainly worth considering that some of them somehow thought that life would be greener than in the pastures that they had left. And it's possible that a charismatic leader, a Moses, rallied a few of these people and urged them to make the difficult journey across the forbidding terrain of the Sinai Peninsula, Mm. With back to what their collective memory maintained was a promised land. So it's possible that that happened. You know, it's so interesting because as you say this, like, um, sure, maybe this particular event is a, a combination of things, but you're describing event after event in the history of the Jewish people, this idea of exodus and this idea of leaving mm-hmm. and coming back and how the Jewish people are, are conditionally welcome in every land they come from. And I mm. think about, I think about my, you know, my Gregor's, uh, my husband's uh, whole family are not only Holocaust survivors, but also uh, his grandparents on one side after they were in uh, Auschwitz and then they went back to Czechoslovakia and then the Soviets took over and it was very bad. Wow. And yeah. they fled communist Czechoslovakia in the dead of night with their infant son, Gregor's uncle, and they were they were literally like running in the woods in the winter in the middle of night. Like my husband's uncle started crying and they were like you have to leave the baby and they were like no we're oh not going to leave the baby. And so this idea the idea of like Passover, I was like sh- super shitting on Passover earlier cuz it's not a story it's not historic but like Passover being is really this time of it's all it's really this time that you you think about all struggle and and all Mm -hmm. ideas of exodus and being banished. And um, it's just this recurring it's just this recurring theme Mm. that keeps coming up. Hence me using the term recurring theme. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not only is it recurring, but it keeps coming up. And not only does it keep coming up, but it happened once and it happened again and it happened again again. right? over and over. So who are we blaming? 
Well, so, I wanted I wanted to suggest too, um, just uh, based on some of the things that were said, is there room on the board for just like I don't know how to say this, but like storytelling, like a good fable to like teach mm. a good lesson about being obstinate, or you know, I don't know what it would be, but to me, this is like the stuff of really good storytelling that is that's trying to get something out of a population. It's like. Yeah, storytelling maybe. Just well, I mean, old isn't Old Testament supposed to be like that harsh because they're trying to get just like create order in like a chaotic world at the time? Like so maybe this is just like a really good story so that people like behave better and stopped <laughs> being like stopped oppressing, you know, or stopped trying to enslave. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What would I you- think we I mean we should also blame anti-Semitism. Yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because that that's part there. of the reason this story I think is repeatedly so resonant. Mm-hmm. Should we blame Hitler? I know he had nothing to do with this. I know, but we can. I it feel just like we can put like, him on every board, right? Him on I just seem like he should always be a possibility. Big time. Great. <laughs> Great. Let's put it up on the board. Okay, I, I feel like we have a, a, a hefty board for this. Why don't we take a quick break and then we'll start knocking things off the list. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners or odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have stress and anxiety we carry around as we go about our everyday life. At The Alarmist, we know it's always better to say it out loud and talk it through. Whenever I stress about the sinking of the Titanic, I don't sit with those thoughts in a dark room. I turn on the lights and dive right into it. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and work through what's really going on. Maybe you can't stop spiraling or catastrophizing. I started therapy over 10 years ago and never looked back. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Heck, we sometimes change our minds and rethink the verdict at The Alarmist. And that's also okay when it comes to therapists. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com alarmist today 
to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash alarmist. Okay, who's to blame for the 10 plagues of Egypt? Is it a volcanic eruption, red algae, water diversity, or lack thereof? (laughs) Maybe don't settle in the desert. (laughs) The God, the God. I'm somehow screwing up all of these. Um, Anubis, the Egyptian God. The Pharaoh, Ramses II. Israelite slavery, anti-Semitism, or Adolf Hitler. <laughs> I know who I like. <laughs> I'm I'm not going to take Hitler off first. No, 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 no. He stays no. there. Let him sweat it out. Mm-hmm. Um, we. I feel like we can fold a few of these into each other. Okay. Yeah, Ramses the right? second should be the Pharaoh, right? Yes, right. I, I agree. Because so do you want to keep Ramses or do you want to keep the Pharaoh? I think the Pharaoh, oh. and if it happens that it's Ramses, then it's him. Okay, great. You know, because <laughs> it's speculation. We right. we don't know if right. that's exactly the Pharaoh. Right, exactly. Um, but also not cool. Like you, not cool, bro. Like mm-hmm. don't have slaves. Don't have slaves. And also, like, don't put your people through, like, terrible plagues. Right. Just because you don't want to let a few, like, of your slaves go. Yeah. He was after that pleasure palace. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just... We can probably take off maybe don't settle in the desert, even though I propose that. Because, like, if you are born in the desert, you Mm -hmm. don't know... Right. Like you can't leave. You're like, the desert sucks. I'm just going to find like the nearest river and I'm going to stay there. I'm not going to like go out there to search for another river. (laughs) There's not a huge civilization elsewhere that you know that you can definitely go to. That's a big risk. Like Mm -hmm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't propose, if I lived in the desert, I'd be like, look, we found a river. Let's just be happy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And this was before MapQuest even. That's right. (laughs) So there's wow. no way to that might have like, changed the game if get from around. one place to another. And in all you know. fairness, these people had already been there. It's not like they were the ones who decided to exactly. live in the desert. Well, then that's, I think it's the person who discovered the Nile. Should go, should be up on yeah. the board. I don't know. Jim, I think that was Jim Nile. <laughs> yeah, can we get that name, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> Who discovered the Nile? (laughs) This is just the kind of fact-checking I like to do. Um, But in that case, I think we can take water diversity off. Yeah. Um, I also think... Well, both of the... I like the volcanic eruption. I like the red algae theory. Yeah. Yeah. Which is more likely? Honestly, like, is there a consensus, like... Do, are they connected in any way, the algae and the volcano? My right. instinct is to go volcano. You're talking about like modern sciences. Have they? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Good question. It's a good question. I, I'm. I always. I feel like volcanoes have caused such uh, destruction right. mm-hmm. in history. Yeah. That I wouldn't be shocked if it's just another volcano. And when you think about Volcano Mm -hmm. 2, like the the fallout from that, it lasts quite a while, which would explain why this went on for, you know, 10 lit plagues could just be like the months that happened after this volcanic eruption and everything Mm. that happened as a result. Do they give a sense for like chronology? Like how how quickly does this stuff happen upon each other? Uh, I'm not sure. 
Well, that's a great question. Yeah, because like, did they just happen to? Ha- did they happen at the same time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was there overlap? Like when ten plagues? This is. <laughs> it's really. I just want to ask one question. Are we all properly scared of volcanoes? Yes. Okay, good. I'm not. I'll You're be honest. not. No. Really? I don't know what... I'm not afraid of a volcano for my personal safety at the moment. <laughs> right. Well, We're not really close enough to one. Well, but that's the thing. They could... A volcanic eruption could end the world. Whoa, Clayton. So. Why would you say a that? A big enough... <laughs> Volcanic so. eruption could shower the earth in like uh, ash, which would block out all the sunlight. All of our crops would die. Everything would be like, if if you you can find these videos or you can find this uh, literature, <laughs> that, it could end the world. Is that what the play Tick Tick Boom is about? Yes. <laughs> and then about that's a- what killed Jonathan Larson was Aww. a super volcano. <laughs> <laughs> He jumped in, he wrote Tick, Tick, Boom, and then Boom. he went, I'm out, and he jumped he did into a Joe versus the volcano. volcano. <laughs> yeah, into the volcano. You know, I used to think if you threw something in a volcano, that's what would make it erupt, and so I was afraid of people <laughs> dropping things in volcanoes as a child. That's what I thought. Like those helicopters that hover yeah, over like, the volcano, like, that's so it. dangerous. Yeah. You drop that's, a rock in, it's going to erupt. Thought, you thought it was like a bear trap, but I, like I guess. lava? You know, you get these weird notions in your had yeah. as a child and you think yeah. it's just like absolute truth. I, that was my reality until yeah. my tween, tween years. That said, now that we're talking about uh, volcanoes and how destructive they could potentially be, red algae, I mean, mm. just like, uh, again, what is what was the red algae? What caused it? Yeah. Well, but I'm looking up, I, I'm looking up volcano red algae, yeah. Egypt. Okay. And great search. Um, is has someone done like a um so, a poll? Well, <laughs> no, but I was looking up algae volcano earlier and there is evidence in other volcanic eruptions of there being a lot of a certain type of algae because the thing that would kill the algae isn't around. Hmm. Uh-huh. Algae is basically is, an is expert mold. now. Is algae, <laughs> algae is mold. Chris, you're, right? you're fired. Uh, I'll see you later. I'll sign off right if, now. <laughs> if there's another thing that's as scary as volcanoes, it's probably mold. Mold, yeah. Mm. The little volcanoes. They're like but much volcanoes. slower. Mold is, um, it's a slow moving monster. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> is that what, perhaps that is the last of us. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's a version of the last of us. It is. It's, Ooh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Let's bring that to HBO because they always, you know, it's they're always looking for ideas. They're always looking for new ideas, <laughs> and new ideas meaning basically the ones they've already thought of. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think HBO right now, especially, is super receptive to new ideas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll call it the rest of them, and that's the story of mold. <laughs> Those guys over there, that was the last of us, but this is them. What about them? Um, But wait, sorry, Uh really quickly about volcanoes. Did you guys see the movie Volcano? Mm, No. Oh, is that with Pierce Brosnan? Yes, it's about a volcano spontaneously uh, 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 happening in L.A. It's really bad, isn't it? It's bad, but like I grew up here and I saw it when I was a kid and basically the theory is that the La Brea Tar Pits are just like a giant uh, volcano. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> really? Is that the movie where so, the people are like in the hot spring and then they suddenly get boiled to death alive because it gets oh, so wow. hot? Is that? Oh, or am I, is I don't remember movie? that, but that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's hot tub Think time about machine. That when you're. <laughs> <laughs> or they jump into like a pond. They think it's like a local. It might be a volcano. Oh, I don't know. That's anyway, a great way to die. Movie where people boiled alive <laughs> hot spring volcano. Guys, I love your searches. I'm a, I'm yeah. a Google genius, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is one where you just hit. Oh like, no, feeling it's, lucky. it's 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 Dante's Peak. Oh, oh Dante's Peak. <laughs> because there's right. a screenshot of a. It says the hot springs, and there's a screenshot of a little girl screaming. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm mixing okay. up the movies. Okay. Yeah. All right, guys. No, back back to the board. Okay. okay. The, the God. Uh, I feel like we can take the Egyptian God off the board. Yeah. I mean, Anubis. it's like. Anubis wouldn't do that. No. Anubis. He was just he was... reacting, right? He was. that We put him up there because he should have put real, real, regular God in, uh, in line. That was why he was mm-hmm. up there. So it seems like. Mm-hmm. And in all fairness, God, God was actually just trying to like save the slaves, right? Yeah, it's true. So, right. Good intentions there. So then think... God is reacting to the Pharaoh. Yeah. Right. Who wouldn't listen to Moses. Yes. yes. So we take God off. I think yeah. so. God gets off the hook here. Yeah. Okay. Um, slavery. For once. Yeah. For once. <laughs> the Pharaoh. All right, God, this time. <laughs> Anti-Semitism. Now we can... These have, I mean, I, mean, I think that that's actually a pretty strong candidates. Yes, because like, those you are like probably the cause. take you can probably take Hitler off. We can finally take him. Off. This is thousands of yeah. years. Before. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> he deserves to be there, though. Yeah. Um, let it be known that I still dislike Hitler. <laughs> mm. OK. Mm. And all the things that he did. So then what do we so then we've got the volcanic eruption, the red algae. The Pharaoh, slavery, Israelite slavery, and anti-Semitism. To me, it seems like a debate between like the scientific choice mm-hmm. and the like, you know, biblical. Or you could just bring it down. What I guess is whether it's scientific or biblical, you could say they were all were a reaction to mm-hmm. slavery or or you know, anti-Semitism. Anti-Semitism. You know, mm. like, and either you. I don't know. Now I don't know how to. Yeah, yeah it's like I like. I, yeah, volcan. I mean, anti-Semitism is always there. It's also the like reason for this being the most important holiday because mm-hmm. it is so resonant. Mm-hmm. So we got to pick two, right? Yeah, we got to pick two. So do we? How about this? Okay. <laughs> how about? Because I feel like we can fold the Pharaoh. And his choices, right? Mm. And slavery, Israelite uh, slavery into an- anti-Semitism. Yeah. Okay. Right? So if we do that, then we can send anti-Semitism to the alarmist jail and we slap volcanic eruption. <laughs> oh, I know. I think I think you need to blame volcanic eruption. <laughs> like, you think so? Yeah, that's probably well, what. Well, I guess I guess we're, happened. we're we're deciding whether we're we're taking the Bible as right as, as its like word literal or if we're word, trying to yeah. yeah. Or do or, we want to find a scientific explanation uh, well, for it? I do probably believe. I do believe that it pr- 
probably was a volcanic eruption that they're just like, we got to talk about this th crazy thing that happened. Uh, how can we incorporate that into our story? Mm, right. Yeah, I think the volcanoes, the main, your main guy. Main guy, right? The yeah. volcano. <laughs> and then we slap anti-Semitism. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we should slap anti-Semitism. It, it just sucks to rule out the algae. Right. We could so let me, do can I ask volcano you a slash red algae. Sort of. Just I want to ask a, a, a religious yeah. question based on if we're going with the volcanic eruption is, is the cause. Right. Do you think then if it wasn't like, you know, as it happened, according to the Bible, do you think then Moses took advantage of this natural disaster to be like, this is God, I can use this to free my people? Is that? Oh, wow. Is that a crazy thing for me to say? Whoa. Like uh, that. I don't know if that is any basis in fact, but I love that theory that like. Moses had a cause, and then there's a volcano, and he's like, see? Mm, right. Ooh. Did Moses take... <laughs> it's another Google search. Moses, take advantage, volcano. <laughs> free. <laughs> to free his people. Free. <laughs> or, okay, did Moses, with Clayton's theory of how volcanoes erupt, did Moses go to Santorini... Drop something oh, in the volcano. Go. Uh huh. Wow. Moses For it sneaky. to erupt. <gasps> Smart. Now we're talking. Okay. <laughs> so we're not, but we're still not blaming. We're not blaming Moses. No, I'm just saying, like, if it, if anything, he gets the big clap, right? Right. I think Moses should get the big clap. <laughs> okay, we'll give Moses a big clap, and we'll blame volcanic. Should we have blamed volcanic eruptions slash red algae? Because yeah, it's possible that it could be one or the other. But what we're basically saying is that this had something to do with a natural disaster yes. that trickled down over this city. Okay. Yes. So okay. volcanic eruption to jail, anti-Semitism, big slap. Is that volcanic eruption slash red algae to jail? Yeah. Okay. Anti-Semitism, uh, big slap. <laughs> Great. I love it. Okay, Great. let's call it. Moses, you're getting the big clap. Anti-Semitism, you're getting the big slap. Volcano <laughs> Volcanic eruption slash red algae. You're going to the alarmist jail. Wow. Wow. I mean, this is a big one. Not easy. Mm -hmm. It was a big one we figured out. Mm -hmm. um, I can't wait for uh, an expert to, <laughs> to weigh in here. Walk us through it. Oh, well, yeah. This... Wait, when do you get an expert on? Next week. Or, or to discuss this. Uh, in a few days. Yeah. Oh, and they'll be on the same episode. Mm -hmm. It'll be on the next one. Oh, yeah, I'm so, so excited. I know. If they say my theory about dropping things in the volcano, <laughs> it's going to blow my mind. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, you know how volcanoes work. Wait, what? <laughs> I'll just have uh, to, I don't know. I'll jump in a volcano if that's true. <laughs> but no, don't. No. <laughs> I know. Rachel, thank I'm you. off to join Jonathan Larson. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, thank you so much for joining us today and helping us get to the bottom of who's to blame for the 10 plagues of Egypt. This was the most important experience of my life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good. Good that you know that. 
After the death of his son in the tenth plague, the Pharaoh surrendered and Moses gathered his people to leave Egypt. At the last moment, the Pharaoh tried to ambush the Israelites, causing Moses to part the Red Sea and forge a path through the waters. Moses then led his people on a 40-year journey to the Promised Land. Visit our website and let us know who you think is to blame at www.thealarmistpodcast.com and follow us on Instagram at The Alarmist Podcast and on Twitter at Alarmist The. You can also send us your thoughts via email to thealarmistpodcast at gmail.com. Today's episode was produced and engineered by Clayton Early with fact-checking by Chris Smith and editing by Molly Hockey. Thank you to our associate producer and researcher, Alex Paul. The Alarmist is executive produced by Rebecca Delgado-Smith and the Erios Network. Tune in next week. We'll be discussing A Million Little Pieces book scandal. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.